0: are a parent your child has grown to adulthood proud of their growth and survival you give them leave to begin a search for their satisfaction in life of course you hope that the child will remain close and contribute to the household but for a time you let them out to explore their world then the child does not return In a text copied down around 1200 BCE, an ancient Egyptian father lamented the disappearance of his son. Fully grown, the boy had taken a job on a ship. Now, he sailed the ocean in distant lands, and the father had not heard from him. The father's name was Mena, his son was Pairi. Mena was concerned, he worried for Pai'iri's safety, and he wished that he would come home. Over the course of an anguished letter, Mena beseeched his son to come back to safety. This is a letter of need. Quote, High winds foretell for you the coming of the storm, my able seaman, lost for the final mooring. I had set good advice of every sort before you. But you never listened. I would point out each path which hid the dangers in the underbrush, saying, Should you go without your sandals, one little thorn will end your journey. I satisfied your needs in everything which normal men desire, nor would I let you cry, If only in the night, tossing and turning as you lay in bed. Men are opened his letter by reminding his son, Pai'iri, that from the very first days of his life, Mena had cared for him and attended to his needs. When Pai'iri was a baby, Mena showed him how to walk, and showed him which paths to take. He pointed out the bushes which have thorns, so that Pai'iri would know to stay away, and not injure himself on travels. From the very first, Mena was guiding Pairi, showing him the good ways, and ensuring that he wanted for nothing. Why has Pairi run away? We are not told. Did they have a fight? Did Pairi get led astray by friends? Or did he simply disappear one day, no explanation, and found his way to the ships which ply the great sea? We do not know, but it may be that Pairi was wayward in the truest sense, disappeared for no clear purpose. Or perhaps he had not fled at all, but rather gone abroad to gain experience. Perhaps he had promised his father, I'm going away for a while to see the world, but I will return before too long. Now, many years later, he still had not come back, and Menna despaired of ever seeing his son again. Mena was also frustrated that Pairi had effectively abandoned the path which Mena prepared for him. Rather than build on his father's experience, or contribute meaningfully to the long process of building a family's position, Pairi was off serving himself. The result, Mena thinks, is that he may have become consumed by this journey. Quote, Yet you are like the swallow in her flight, wide-wandering with her fledgling brood. And when you reach the delta in your great migration, you run with foreign Asiatic birds. You have fled on your own vitals, and neither heart nor sense is left within you. I am so troubled that I would range the sea if I could report that I had rescued you. Yet would you come to enter your own village bringing just water for your monument? I said in my heart, he does not care for words, for any that I have spoken up till now." End quote. Oh, if only Pairi would listen rather than destroy himself on fruitless adventures. Mena would go to the ends of the earth to ensure his son's safety, but would Pairi come home even to tend to his own tomb? The lack of responsibility, the self-possession, rankles Mena, and he despairs. Oh, did Pairi ever hear a word that I said to him? Loved ones can be frustrating, can't they? Rather than descend too far into criticisms or admonitions, Mena quickly returns to a positive approach. He now begins to advise Pairi to reinforce those morals and ethics which he has taught him for so long. In the process, Mena tries to build a pretty picture of what would happen if Pairi would just return home. Quote, but I must say again what I have said before. Get yourself away from the ramparts of the wicked. Fortify yourself with maxims of the wise, in speech, in name, in deed. And your ship of fools should do likewise. Then should the ship founder far out in the east, men would address you with the honour due to a lion, even though you stood alone. As for the son who would obey his father, that text holds good for all eternity, they say. But then you did not pause for any admonition, with which I warned and warned you long ago. Should you capsize when you take ship, defying me? Should you drift downward to a watery grave? Should you stride wide upon the waves to flee the deep, Still were you lost through your own piloting. And who shall speak the word to my small boat? Go to him swiftly over the white-capped waves. I see you sinking in the chambers of the sea, and my arm does not know how to save you. All I can bring you is a slender straw, thrown in the wide path of the drowning man. There is not any way at all. End quote. This long section seems almost timeless in some of its sentiments. As for the son who should obey his father, well, how enduringly has that come down to those raised in the religions which honor Moses? After all, what is the fifth commandment but a variation on this idea? Essentially, Mena invokes a sentiment that must be as old as humanity itself. The child should obey and respect the parent. Surely, Mena thinks... This idea will be good for all eternity. Mena also writes how, if Pairi's ship should capsize and he should drown, then Mena cannot hold himself responsible for such a tragedy. This section isn't really for Pairi, is it? It's Mena talking to himself. You can almost see his gaze turn inwards while he writes this, reassuring his own heart that, I've done everything I can. If my son is lost, it's his own doing at this point. I can only imagine the guilt that a parent would feel when their child goes off the rails, so to speak. Endless wondering, what could I have done better? Was it a failure in me or my teaching? Menna, like countless parents before and after him, struggles with responsibilities that are now out of his control. Menna turns to one last pleading. Please, would Mpai Iri just listen to him for a moment? If nothing else, Menna's words might help Pairi find personal growth in a way that is healthy, useful, and good for those around him. Menna turns to the metaphor of a plant growing strong versus a weed which takes everything from its neighbors. Quote, You should take care to weigh my words, and you might find my teaching useful. Give ear to hair instruction so as to build on long experience should i allow you to ignore it altogether you will shoot up a useless weed there is no climbing to the height for such a one although he provide you with an ample household End quote. building a household contributing to a community these are essential values in the egyptian cultural mind they are powerful drivers and mena seems to believe in them utterly or at least he says he does. Surely Pairi, a good boy for the most part, wants to contribute to his home. Surely he wants to be a force for good, not an obnoxious parasite on his people. A man who does good, who performs ma'at, prospers, and his household endures. A man who takes, or hurts, may find wealth for himself, but he is forever barred from attaining the heights of happiness or respect. For a man like Mena, the choice is obvious. In the final paragraph of the letter, Mena laments the shame he would feel if people knew of Pairi's disrespect. If the town knew how Pairi had abandoned his father's teachings, what would they say? Pairi is in trouble, like a charioteer who has lost control of his horses, and yet he still rejects the assistance which would help him steer the team. Quote, oh that a son of mine should be found out letting this terrible course continue you are like someone on a team of bolting horses yet your heart would beat easy in the reins with mine the letter comes to its end and mennar has nothing more to say he has given every reason he can think of cajoled enticed and begged if pairi will not listen then mennar does not know what else to do he signs off with one last flourish if Pairi will not listen now, at least keep hold of the letter in case he is more amenable in future. Quote, My son, preserve and hold in trust this letter. Some day it might bring you good. End quote. We do not know the aftermath of this situation, but we do know a few things about the background. Mena and Pairi were real people living in the village of Set Maat, the place of truth. We know this village as Deir el-Medina, the home of the artisans and builders who carved the magnificent tombs of the Valley of the Kings. From 1450 to 1100 BCE, the workers of Deir el-Medina crafted and achieved great things. They also lived complex and full lives, lives which are documented in a vast corpus of papyrus and ostraca, broken pottery sherds with writing on them. Mena's letter comes from one of these ostraca. Menna himself, and Pairi, lived sometime between 1300 and 1100 BCE, under the majesty of the Ramesside kings. Did Pairi really disappear, gone to sea in a ship and not returning? Maybe. Menna's letter certainly reads like an earnest communication, although it was later used as a kind of teaching text for students learning their hieroglyphs. That educational afterlife complicates our understanding. Is the letter a fiction, using the names of two famous villagers, or is it real, a letter that found its way into the scribal archives, and then into the curriculum of young students? Whatever the answer, Mena's Lament is a poignant piece. It evokes despair and pain in beautiful language, but also illustrates aspects of the parent-child relationship. These are filtered through Egyptian morals and standards to create a letter that is both immensely educational, but also touching to read. It is a great piece, and I am glad that it survived the ages. I hope Pairi came home before his father passed, I hope Mena saw him again. Thank you for listening to this short episode. The translation of this letter is taken from John L. Foster's Ancient Egyptian Literature, an anthology. Foster, a poet, professor of English literature, and Egyptologist, made some beautiful renditions of the ancient texts. He takes liberties, but only in the name of helping modern readers to connect with a mindset more than 3,000 years past. His work is wonderful, and I encourage you to read it. For now, let's say farewell to Mena and Pairi. We will meet them again in the Ramesside era of the narrative. There, we will hopefully uncover the truth of their lives, and what happened between them. For now, we bid them adieu. (laughs)